listening to the New Century Multiverse, Panther Soul. Chapter 22 The Hidden City Kolonash It is today, and it is not a good day. We are led through the streets, with many rifles pointed our way. I see lynxes peering out of windows clustered together. They look at Leah, and I see them talking to one another. Maybe she is their princess after all. Astonishingly for the shock she has just gone through, the kid walks steadily, jaw set, eyes fixed on the pathway in front of her. Even Crunchy, fine that's his name, grips onto her shoulder with a strangely focused sense of purpose. All around us, lions root through houses, bringing possessions out into the street and piling them up. They wear different clothing to the army we left behind and I can make out many police uniforms from Leonidas. This must be an advanced guard. Shrike knew we were walking into this. We are led into a tall chamber piled high with artifacts which I recognize the craftwork on. They have a similar meticulousness to the Cicerone. Tiny, moving parts, miniaturized linework, and imagery carved into the sides by small, subtle claws and piled up about the ancient stone room itself, lined with drapes, are many crates and boxes. I watch several smaller lions carefully wrapping up these antiques to nestle them atop straw within the crates. But all that only takes a second to ascertain. The pair at the center of the room, both leafing through a stack of small and very old books, are immediately and panic-inducingly familiar. Ah, oh, Colo! Sir Dashington cries, looking up and shaking his ginger mane. We were starting to think you wouldn't make it, and we'd have to send out search parties to find you in the desert. Dashington, could we talk alone? I interrupt as Dr. Carstairs narrows his eyes, his grey ponytail jerking as he looks over at both of my companions. Oh no, let's have a chat here, shall we? Dashington bats my last hope away like a ball of yarn. And please do call me Claude. So did you find the Cicerone in Bastarian? Carstairs then asks coolly. What are you colonials doing in my city? Leah demands in Albies. Oh, they're not a warlike people. We just strolled in. Dashington says to her airily. Anyway, if you have it, I'll be very happy to pay just what we agreed. He holds out his paw. What is this, Colo? Beatrix asks dangerously. Leave us alone at once. That is the first royal decree of the returning princess. Leah declares. I close my eyes and grit my teeth as everything spills out beyond all control. Maybe I should just leap forward and attack him. Isn't she bold? You, my dear, might be very useful for prizing some answers out of the locals. They've been reticent to share their culture with us. But you're taking it all the same. Beatrix observes coldly. Oh, these? They're just souvenirs for my collection. He dismisses, waving at the crates. Listen. 
Carstairs butts in. If you don't have the Keystone, the plan is to just extract information from the Lynxes. We're at least fairly sure the Cloudbreaker is located nearby. He runs a claw over a map of uncharted jungle. If you can assist us, it would make things a lot less complicated and time-consuming for everyone. That's right. And we can arrange a nominal finder's fee, I suppose. Can't let you go home empty port. He says this in the manner of a gentle cat, asking whether there is a different variety of iced tea cocktail to be had at the bar. I do not look at Leah or Beatrix, but I can now tell they are glaring at me. You were... You were going to sell it to the lions. Beatrix murmurs, utter disgust threaded through her voice. We don't have it on us, but we do know where it is. I say quickly to Dashington, and we're not saying a word unless you guarantee our safety. I start to panic about the wording on my bargaining now, by which I mean our lives, our freedom to leave here at our leisure, and that absolutely no harm will befall any of us due to any lion involvement. Oh, of course. Colo, you are of true value to me. Dashington says genially. You've brought so much of interest to my house over the years, I want you out there doing what you do best. You've made me the envy of every well-to-do collector in the region. I wouldn't dream of having you or your friends harmed. What do you want it? Leah demands. The Cloudbreaker. She's so direct, I like her. It's not for me, Miss Kitty, it's for the King. He'll pay handsomely for it, of course. And I would definitely like to inspect this legend of the deep past up close. But really, this is about old Louis having something that means a lot to the people of this land. Dashington goes to the desk and uncovers a familiar scroll. Look at this. The cats of the West were convinced the Cloudbreaker was their salvation back in the days of antiquity, and that it still shall be. They placed all their faith in it. Even those that think it a myth have at least heard of it and connect it with times of great change. And if there is any truth to the part it played in driving us lions eastward across the Atlantean Sea, then it will be a rallying point of special significance. He brushes a paw across the picture of that army falling under the force of the mighty gauntlet. I don't believe for one moment it was more than a very pretty gem in a metal glove, but to those who did, and indeed those that do have faith, the symbolic power is beyond measure. He says this with a reverence that chills my blood. And if the armies of Albion carry it, we can take back these lands with the minimum of fuss and bother. You absolute monster. Beatrix murmurs. I just literally told you I'm going to assist with the planned westward expansion in a way that will cause less bloodshed as we control these savages through their own misguided trust in long outmoded hoodoo. I am proposing a far diminished loss of life, avoiding a long drawn out, destructive and extremely costly war with the natives, and somehow that makes me a monster. You really are a silly girl. I know exactly what the king wants. White hot fury is coursing through Beatrix. Any panther, tiger, leopard, jaguar, cheetah, ocelot, puma, lynx, anyone that lays down arms will, at absolute best, in exchange for their surrender, 
be a portioned reservation of whatever land Albion decides it doesn't want, at least for the time being. More likely, they will constitute the slaves you use to build your new civilization. You mean rebuild our old civilization, which the Fuzzy Wuzzies have hardly done anything significant with in the interim centuries. And then? A deathly chill creeps into Beatrix's voice. You'll breed them into subjugation. She begins to move towards him, clearly intent on biting his throat out. I drop a paw onto her shoulder, which she struggles to shake off in her ferocity. At this point, our only hope is to find some way to escape before Commander Shrike gets here with the Cicerone. At which point they will probably kill Beatrix, torture Leah to obtain information, and... I finally dare to glance at Leah, but she will no longer look at me. Dashington studies the three of us. You know, I'm beginning to doubt we're going to get the best out of this bunch. All right, take them to the stargazing tower, sizable guard duty in case they get frisky, and send in the old scribe who volunteered to speak with them earlier. See if he and Pinky here can come up with something even vaguely useful so we know where we're going tomorrow. As we are led back through the streets, pacing over soft, rounded, wooden, slatted pathways, Leah has now begun glancing about herself in extreme agitation. I can see her nose working as she recognizes smells, and her eyes searching through the throng to make out people she... she might have once known. A crowd of obnoxious lion soldiers sit around a trestle table built for people half their size, roaring for drinks as lynx-serving maids rush back and forth to find larger and larger tankards. Leah is panicking again, breathing fast and squeezing her riptor fitfully. Beatrix lays pads on her shoulder to comfort her, but the cub pulls away, shaking her head over and over at how wrong this is. As we are deposited by our guards into the aforementioned astronomy tower, I surreptitiously look for ways to escape. There is a staircase leading up to obscured stories above. That is at least something. The building is constructed of the same grey gamblestone and dark seasoned wood. The walls of this chamber are lined with vintage books, and the central table is stacked with maps and cartography equipment. Once again I feel a pang of deep sorrow as I imagine how much Maximus would have loved this place. The wretched, covetous old thief. What would he want me to do? And would I even trust that now? An old red lynx with a white bearded muzzle is let in and Leah turns to him, bunching up her paws as she blurts out a few words in a language I recognize as Meowlish. He says a few back. She stammers and then speaks in Albies. I, I, I don't remember enough, I'm sorry. Why do I know your soul? The aged one asks. I... I think I'm a princess, lost long ago. My name is Leah. This strikes him hard, and he sits down upon one of the ornately carved dark wood chairs. You may not remember, 
But he once pulled out three of my whiskers on the left, all at once. He says, I have been meaning to pay you back for this grave dishonor for so long. Leah looks crushed and fearful. He extends both his paws and beckons her in. I'm pulling your leg, child. It hurt like blazes. But I'll forgive my granddaughter. She rushes to him and buries her face in his chest, shaking violently as he holds her. I prayed to Samar that my eyes were not deceiving me when you approached our city once more. He murmurs. How have you come home after so long and at such a terrible moment? Grandfather. Grandpa Turandale. Grandpa Turandale. Answer me this. Leah disentangles herself and hops up to sit on the table. Are you the king in these parts? What am I able to do with the power that I have? There is a pause as he comprehends her meaning. My darling, he says gently, I am just a librarian. We call all of our girls princess to remind them that they are responsible for all the many lands of their actions. So my parents were... My son Talvin was an accomplished carpenter and my daughter-in-law Sheena, a trusted dentist. <sighs> and they departed from this community many yesterdays ago with you in a basket, crossing the great Majara in search of new prospects in the big cities of the South. Much like many of our children have done, leaving their birth home behind to one day welcome their return. Long have I hoped to see them again and hold them in my arms. His face falls. But from your demeanor and your questions, I sense they may not have seen you for some time. He swallows hard. Tell me, do they still live? Leah shakes her head and slumps in her sitting position as Turandal steadies himself against the table, rests his head against her, and mews a long and melancholy note of mourning. They stay like this for a while as the reality sinks in. So, I'm not a real princess. My parents are dead. I'm back home. But it's occupied by colonials and... Everyone wants me to tell them where this goddamned cloudbreaker is so they can take over the whole continent. She gazes up at the ceiling. Could somebody just kill me? Please, it would make everything so much simpler. At the mention of the cloudbreaker, Turandel begins speaking in their lynx dialect. She responds and they go back and forth with snatches of other languages they know. I catch more meowlish in there and I gather they are trying to find a safe means to speak without lion ears hearing. He glances warily several times at me, and especially Beatrix, though Leah assures him of her trustworthiness. Eventually the kid starts moving and signing in a way I recognize, and so does her grandfather. It is Rapport, the newest of languages. Did you find the, uh, treasure keyboard? He signs. Leah snorts with hollow laughter at this rough translation, nods and signs back. Yes, I, I could read it, both map and clues. He smiles. 
great tigers trusted us. They are clever little neighbors. We shared their technology and developed our own. It was our duty together to protect all the lands, the biggest and the smallest. They stopped us from being stepped upon. We stopped them from getting too brutish. Leah holds her paws up to her mouth. I understand all of this, but the key was stolen by vicious lion war leader. I'm glad you survived and came this far. War lion is on the way here. When she arrives, we are all dead. We must escape. I am very glad she and I are on the same page regarding this matter without having to exchange a word. A conversation in sign is now taking place so rapidly between Leah and her grandfather that Beatrix and I can barely keep up. How do you know this language? My neighbor brought it back from Bastarian. I only know what he could learn and teach me. So I am a little bendy. Okay, quick then, can you get us out? Lions are hard to trick. Very frightening and hungry for blood. But uh, I will try. Do you know where the big paw is? The old lynx glances around, then nods. Hmm, it is not too far from here. Do tomorrow's walk through the jungle. Stop! Leah holds up a paw and turns to me, then speaks once again in Albi's, hopping down to advance. What is your plan now, treasure hunter? She asks coldly. I find myself stepping back as she continues her approach. I point at the pirate. Well, her plan now seems pretty sound, I say. In fact, it was probably always the best of all of ours, so I'm in. I'm in. You can trust me. Leah's eyes narrow. I don't think I can. She hisses. I open my mouth to protest, and she points to the door. Beatrix, I can trust. She didn't lie to us. She never told us about being a slaver. I begin in anger, making Turandel glare sharply and suddenly at the lioness. Leah steps in front of her to shield the brigand from this. Yes, she did. Took too long, but yes, she did. You, on the other paw, were content to hide your true intentions until they were revealed for all to see. It was none of your business what I wanted to do with the Cloudbreaker. I snap. We agreed. You would help me find it and I would guard you on your way back home. Well, here you are, princess. I instantly regret this petulant outburst. I can feel the entire room turn on me. Get out. Leah snarls. I fling up my paws in exasperation and do as I am ordered by this rotten little thief. You have been listening to episode 22 of Panther Soul. The Hidden City. Written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Sir Dashington, performed by James Batchelor. Dr. Carstairs, performed by Jesse Ferguson. Turandel, performed by Akshdeep Singh Vora. Colo Nash, performed by Alex Shaw. Leah, performed by Willow Shaw. Captain Beatrix, performed by Loretta Saylor. 
Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Antiquarian Study, Shaman's Hollow, Wuxia Tea House, Drowned Sailors, and The Feywild. All ambience from tabletop audio. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon, and our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alejandra Vargas, Alex Brewington, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolf, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, John Clawson, Joe Gluck, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Marty Polmeyer, Matthew A. Siebert, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tima Helaz-Hario, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Skeels Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. For the maximum New Century Multiverse experience, you need to be checking out the podcast Through the Wind Door, where Greg Downing and Toby Skeels Jungius talk us through each story like a book club and go into mind-boggling depth. I don't know about you, but I like having my mind boggled. They're currently up to Steamheart. And if you want to read the entirety of Panthersoul right now, it is available in a gorgeous paperback on Amazon.com. Alternately, you can support this project for $10 on Patreon and get access to all the New Century ebooks and audiobooks.